Hi, everybody. I'm Pastor Larry Huck, and welcome to Standing with Israel on Charisma's Podcast Network. You know, standing with Israel is one of the most important things that you will ever do. And let me give you two reasons. Number one, as Paul said in the book of Ephesians, that the two shall become one new man. You and I are fulfilling Bible prophecy in tearing down the wall that divides Jews and Gentiles. The second thing is, by tearing down this wall and rebuilding the tabernacle of David in our hearts, we are preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. Standing with Israel is the father of all blessings. So get ready for God's wisdom, favor, anointing, and blessing. Now let's get into today's message. God laid on my heart to do a, a book on prophecy. I balked on it. Most teachings on prophecy is about doom and gloom. It's about, oh, this horrible stuff's getting ready to happen. But I don't see it that way. I started writing this book about two years ago. That was long before the coronavirus, the economic crisis, the, uh, the riots in our streets right now. And I just saw this morning down on the, on the Gulf, they're boarding up their buildings. When you see these things begin to happen, look up. For your redemption is really close. The outpouring, the blessing of God is really close. Why does God give us Bible prophecy? When we see these things, we know that if God said this was going to happen, he also said something is going to follow that, that this is a warning, it's a wake-up call, it's a preparation for what God is getting ready to do. Now, Jesus said these words. He said, they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. But blessed are those who have eyes to see, and blessed are those who have ears to hear. The fulfillment of these prophecies are the signs from God that I'm getting ready to do something that I talk to you in my word. The reason I wanted to write it is because I wanted people to see these amazing things, these supernatural things that are happening in our lifetime that is preparing us for the coming of the Messiah. And right before the coming of the Messiah, God will pour out his spirit. There will be signs and wonders and miracles. There's going to be amazing healings. There's going to be amazing miracles. Why does God want to do that? Because he wants no one to miss the rapture. He wants no one to miss heaven. If you won't believe my words, the stones will cry out and praise me. Rapture is going to come when we're living and walking in the power and the blessing of God, because our God is a wonderful God. Our God is an awesome God, and he wants nobody to miss the rapture. Can you imagine what it'll be like if we miss the rapture? But before that, there's going to be signs, wonders, and miracles. Before that, the Bible talks about there's going to be an end-time transfer of wealth, that we're going to go out the lender and not the borrower. We're going to go out the head and not the tail. We're going to go out above only and not beneath. So these things that we're seeing happen, these things that are happening in our lifetime are signs that we need to make sure we are ready for the power and the prosperity of God. God's best is yet to come. The prophet Isaiah says, 
Can a nation be born in one day? Now, God tells the prophet, he said, there's going to be a miracle that is beyond any miracles. God says, everybody knows about Israel leaving Egypt. But he said, there will be a miracle of Israel coming back to the promised land that will pale in comparison to Israel leaving Egypt. The miracle of Israel leaving Egypt was incredible. Ten plagues hit. God spoke to Pharaoh. Pharaoh let him go. They crossed the Red Sea. But God said there's going to be a greater miracle. That, that Israel leaving Egypt will be pale in comparison. Now, how can that be? That's a major miracle. When Israel left Egypt, they were right across the border from Israel. Now, I know we, they went 40 years in the wilderness, but that's not because they couldn't find Israel. If you remember, they sent 10 spies in, and they came back and said, we've seen the land. Some of them actually went in and came out with some of the, the fruit of the land. It's because they weren't ready to go in. They weren't ready for the promises of God. But they were all in one place. If they had gone left, literally, if they had gone left instead of right, they'd have been, I've been in Israel and Egypt at the same time. I was staying down one time down uh, uh, on the border there uh, in Elat, and I went up hiking through the desert, and there was a fence there. On that side was Egypt, and this side was Israel. And I'd never been to Egypt, so I put my leg through the fence, and I stand and I go, I'm, you know, I'm all by myself, and I'm going, I'm in Israel, I'm in Egypt. You know. And they later told me, they said, there were people in towers watching you with cameras. <laughs> but in the last days... God said, I will bring them from the four corners of the earth. And a nation will be reborn in one day. And that's why Isaiah said, how is that even possible? But when you think about it, no nation in the history of the world has ever been not a nation anymore, scattered to the four corners, no language, no government, no, no military, and they've come back and become a nation again. And yet, the Bible said it would happen. For years and years, when I first got saved, we'd hear people talk about this. And they said, this is where experts said, this proves your Bible is a fairy tale. It can't happen. There's no way that could happen. But in 1948, after the Holocaust, six million Jews... I, you know, I, I think people maybe don't realize the new nation of Israel is only 70, little over 70 years. They went from a desert, nothing there. Mark Twain said, I walked, I drove through Israel for, for three days and never saw anybody. They went from nothing. There was nothing there in the last 70 years of breaking that curse that was on them out of the Holocaust, become one of the leading producers in every area in the world. In only 70 years, God says, when you see this happen, there's one generation left before the coming of the Messiah. Now, here's the debate. Is a generation 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years? Is a generation? I don't know. No, we, we don't know what a generation is. But let me put it this way. I was born a couple years after that happened. So in my generation, 
the Messiah is going to come. But the thing I want you to understand is, and, and, and I know the Bible says the wicked servant says the master delays his coming. I know that. And so I'm telling you right now, the Messiah could come. Jesus could return before this service is over. Can I have an amen? Before this service is over, Jesus could come. But, and I'm not saying he's, I'm not being the wicked servant, but if he gives us some time, we're headed for the greatest outpouring of God's power and anointing and blessing. This is what we've been waiting for. All the world is going to know that Jesus Christ is the Lord. You know, one of the things that prompted us is the miracle on lion. The miracle on lion. God gave him a gene that no one in medical history has ever seen in a child. Saved his life. He, in the natural, had no hope, but God gave him a gene that saved his life. And to me, now I can say to anybody in the world, listen, I don't, I, I, whatever you're going through, I can tell you for a fact, God can do something for you that no one has ever seen before. And we need to see that happen again and again and again and again in every area. And Jesus is the answer. And we're getting ready for the greatest time in the history of the Bible. We're getting ready for the end times. You know, I wrote this down and I said, we're no longer reading about God's plan, we are now living in it. And the future is here. The future is here. And each one of us has a part in it, and all we have to do is decide what part we have. These things will be birth pangs. They're birth pangs. How many of you ladies ever had a baby? Were you surprised? You, you saw it coming, correct? Right? Now, I, I will tell you that for our second child, Luke, we were surprised. We ignored the birth pangs. I, I had been traveling, and, and I got home. I, was, I think I was been in the Philippines, and I got home. Tiz was pregnant, and I got home, I think, on a, on a, on a Saturday. And I said, how are you feeling? She said, well, I've been having these, these pains. And she said, I said well, you know, should we do something? She said, no, I think it's fine. I think it's okay. So Sunday we went to church, and, and uh, Sunday night, same thing. I said, well, what, what do you think? No, I think it's okay. Sunday morning, I went, uh, went, or Monday morning, I went down to the office of the church and was meeting some people, and we never went in the office. We were standing outside, and all of a sudden, I see the assistant pastor's uh, uh, wife running, pastor, pastor, and, and she said, Tiz has been trying to get a hold of you. That's before cell phones. We didn't, nobody had cell phones. She was calling the office, and I said, what she, what she needs? She goes, she's having the baby i go who's with her she goes she's by and we only had one car we lived out in the country a little bit and she, she's by herself so i ran in and called the house and and anna was three years old and anna knew not to pick up the phone because a lot of times we get overseas calls and i pick up the phone and it's anna's little voice hello and i said anna wh- wh- what's happening what's going on where's mommy she says daddy mommy's having a baby i said when she goes right now I said, who's there? Me and mama. I hung up the phone. I broke every speed limit there was. I broke every, we, me and the assistant pastor who had been a nurse, thank goodness he, was, he had been a nurse, but we jumped the curb. We got there and when we got there, 
we come running in and we lived in a little mobile home and Luke was saying hi to the world. <laughs> now, when Tiz was ready with Katie to be born, Tiz would at four months, she go, I, you know, I'm kind of, I get, I'm getting the car. <laughs> we ain't missing this one. That's the reason for birth pangs. You got to make sure your bags are packed. You got to make sure the car's full of gas. You got to make sure you know where the hospital is. That's the reason for birth pangs. Right now, we are involved with seven amazing living prophecies that will connect us to the end time blessing and the power of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. God's word says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How are we strong in the power of his might? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, because we're in this spiritual warfare, and God wants us strong in the power of God's might, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Now, I want you to see something here because this is the first prophecy and I'm about to reveal it to you. God says there's a war out there. There's a war for your marriage. There's a war for your children. There's a war for your finances. There's a war to steal your health. But he said, I want you to not be afraid, but stand strong, not in your own strength, but in the power of the living God, stand in God's power. And he said, here's how you stand. First off, you need to understand the battle that you're fighting is not with flesh and blood, but it's with demonic forces. It's a spiritual warfare. About a year ago, I was in Washington, D.C. at a, a meeting standing with Israel, and one congressman walked up to me, and he said, I wanted to meet you. And he said, I was talking to somebody, and they said, if anybody understands spiritual warfare, it's Pastor Larry Huck. We need to understand that whatever battle we're battling out there, we're not battling with flesh and blood, but we're battling with principalities and rulers and powers of darkness. When you think about the, the battle of cancer that we've fought against, that cancer is a spirit, a spirit of infirmity, that the blood of Jesus, by his stripes, were already healed. But we also have authority that we can bind the devil. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. This is spiritual warfare. Thank you for listening to our Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck. We truly believe that building bridges between Christians and Jews is a sign of the end times and will prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. 
If you would like to learn more about why we stand with Israel and at the same time be a blessing to the Jewish people, we encourage you to send for Pastor Larry's latest book, Seven Living Prophecies. It's an incredibly insightful and prophetic book that will lead you into the blessings of God. And we'll send it to you for any size offering to our ministry. Your contribution will be used to support our charitable work in Israel, which includes supporting elderly Holocaust survivors and Project Aliyah, which brings the Jews home to their ancient homeland, Israel. To donate, please call us today at 1-800-847-4588 and speak with one of our helpful operators. You can also go to our website and make your donation at lhmpodcast.org. Again, please call 1-800-847-4588 or go to lhmpodcast.com to make your donation and request a copy of Pastor Larry's latest book, Seven Living Prophecies. Thanks for listening today. God bless you for your prayerful and financial support. And tune in next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.